Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. So I got four kids, as you know. Um, right now, the current ages are uh, 15, 13, 11, and 9. And uh, I remember the good old days of trying to... Uh, man, like... I'm kind of in this golden age. I love my kids right now. They're like having conversations. They're kind of witty. They're kind of sarcastic. Each one is completely different. And I don't know what happened when I started being a dad, but somehow this idea of fairness and consistency was drilled into me. And so I thought as my kids started to come on board, I needed to treat every single kid the same, mm. right? And so that went, went into discipline. How do I discipline my kids? And so I remember, man, my, my two oldest, they're daughters, and, uh, uh, and, and I would try to treat them the same. And so like I would, you know, when someone would do something, they would disobey me. They'd be, you know, whatever little kids do, you know, um, and I would try to discipline them. And, and of course, I grew up being spanked, so I thought I, I will be the dad that spanks, right? Yeah. So my first one, um, that worked. Like, and I didn't even, I think I spanked her once in her entire life. I've spanked her once. But when she stepped over the line, I said, you do that again, and I'm going to have to spank you. Worked great with her. Did not work with my younger daughter. At all. <laughs> At all. Like, she would laugh. She'd be like, whatever, you know. But you put her in timeout, you know, and I, I know, like, timeout, that's, uh, that's all. But you, uh, you put her in timeout, you isolate her from community, you isolate her and put her alone, it devastated her. It, like, absolutely. Because, again, the goal was not that I would destroy her. The goal was the idea of sta- establishing the reality that in our world, we live with consequences to our choices. And I, as a dad, am established to help them learn that early on. So my job was to not to parent them the same, but to find out what's their button and how do I, in love and in grace, use that so that they would know boundaries, so that they would understand yeah consequences and that they would have wisdom and how to move forward in their lives. And I'll tell you, man, I, I, you know, at our church and everything else, I see parents all the time trying to parent their kids the exact same way. And it is folly. You cannot do that. No, I hear you. I think that's important. You know, Psalm 139 says that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. So we're all made uniquely different. Right. It's not a conveyor belt, man. No. It is not every single thing is the exact same. It is unique, it is different, and they all have different buttons. There's this verse in Ephesians 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Oof. And so so it's, again, being a student of your kids. Right. So it's, it's before you have to discipline your kids, be a student, not at the point of frustration. So even at that point of frustration, you may need to stop because if you're provoking your children to wrath by how you even discipline them. Like, I'm going to whip off that belt, and I'm going to beat them, and, the, and then you feel terrible. Dude, it's that, it's that scene from, uh, uh, I think we talked about this the other day. It's that scene from in, Inside, uh, Outside, Inside, Out, Out, Outside, In. Yes. What's well, a Pixar movie where the dad's inside like, out. I'm going to put my yes. foot down. The foot's going down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, so it's going, it's knowing, it being a student of your children, being a student of your spouse. But at this point, we're talking about being a student of your children, and knowing how to discipline them. Just like you said, when you, when you spanked your first daughter the one time, 
that was it. You found the threshold in which you needed, you needed to work in. Um, your second daughter, it was, it was literally saying, wow, as a student of her, I realized that community is really important to her. Yep. You know, it's funny because they say with like dogs, like you don't, you don't hit dogs, things like that, or you, you know, you just tap them on the nose if you need to, like no. But if you put them in their kennel, that's almost like telling them, I, I did something wrong. And so it's knowing, it's kind of that same thing. I'm not saying you put your kids in a kennel. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Like, why are your kids in a, uh, that's a Why is that large crate in the corner? Well, we're going to be unemployed if we start putting our kids exactly. in a kennel. Exactly. So no, but I think it's, it, it's being a student of your children to know what, what makes them tick so that when you get to the point of disciplining, you have to, you, you, you kind of have this toolkit in your mind of like, okay, I know that my daughter loves to spend time with people. So taking away her time with people is, is more, it is more detrimental than threatening her with a spanking or taking away video game time is more detrimental to my son than me beating him and quote unquote beating him. Be gracious to me, people out there. But the idea of, wow, like this is what makes my kid tick. Right. And so learning how to discipline, so we're not provoking them the wrath, we're provoking them to say, this is you did something wrong. You, we need to make changes. And so I think that's, that's the important thing is, is being a student of your children. And then I'd say the other thing is with that is as we discipline is discipline and balance. Like in the idea, and I guess, you know, balance is actually a false word that I'm thinking about because I've never felt like I've ever been balanced in my right. life. But I think it's, it, it's walking in there and going, okay, I know that I need to slow down the situation, take a breath, and then discipline and wisdom. Like, okay, I can't just be reactive. If that means, Dad, you got to walk out of the room for five minutes because you know that if you respond right now, it's going to be an anger, that's not good. So no, being a student of your child and then w- not walking in anger but walking in wisdom to go, okay, I'm doing this because if they continue this process, they're going to be a bratty kid. Or if they continue this process, they're going to be... Uh, whatever, selfish, or they're going to be deceitful, or whatever it is. And so it's knowing why before you just walk in and go, don't do it because I'm tired or whatever. Right. That makes sense? So a, a lot of the guys um, that are on Facebook, and, and I've been asking, you know, what do you want us to talk about? One of the threads that keeps coming up is this, how do we teach our kids to respect us? How do we teach our kids to respect others? And I think this is getting to the very heart of that. Yeah. Because um, I, I think often discipline is, uh, for me, when I'm in, have a bad day, which is often, discipline is the moment, and I just want to take care of that moment. Yeah. Discipline, when it's done right, is the idea of like, how do I train my child in such a way that they respect authority, but they also respect um, boundaries? You know, and, and how do we do that? And I think it's like what you're saying, taking a step back and having that vision for the horizon, yeah. not just the vision for now. And honestly, more often than not, if I'm honest with myself, my discipline comes from something broken in me rather yeah. than actually wanting what's best for my kid. And I think that's huge. In fact, uh, my wife one time, she called me out again uh, early on. Uh, I, I, I was the dad that would raise my voice. I raised my voice all the time. And what I was doing was actually training my kids that the only time they need to listen to me is when I raise my voice. Mm. And it was it was absolutely unintended. But she pulled me aside one time, gently, which I loved. And and uh, she's like, hey, hey, uh, I was reading in a book. That's always her. <laughs> that's always her, her, her triangulate. Her like inlet. And uh, the author said something really interesting. And uh, he said... Uh, how do we teach our kids to hear the small, still voice of God when we've trained them to only respond to the yelling of their father? 
And I'm like, holy smokes. That's so true because they, I trained them that dad isn't to be listened to unless he's mad or angry or has to raise his voice. And from that point on, over lots of training and self-training, I learned that instead of escalating the situation, we talked about this a few weeks ago, de-escalating and, and coming into the situation and being not unemotional, but like, hey, you blew it, didn't you? You know, not screaming and yelling at the kid because that comes from something broken in me. Correct. But, you know, hey, something you didn't listen, did you? And you lied about it. And that's the one rule we have in our house is you don't lie. And so there's going to be consequences for that. And you know that, right? And, and I, I want you to do that. And so it's, it, it's, it's speaking, not whispers, but speaking to them in such a way that, that the discipline doesn't come from an emotion, but the discipline comes from something greater, comes from the horizon of I am responsible for training you to be one that not just respects others, but ultimately can hear the voice of God and respect the voice of God. Yeah. And learn what it is to obey the voice of God, knowing that when we break those obedience moments with God, there will be consequences that come. But the best news is Jesus is the one that forgives you. So at the end of the day, you're still loved. You're still loved. Yeah, and I, I think I think some sometimes even now as as you listen, there could be a doubt in people to go, Well, you're just trying to be their friend and we're we're not talking about being their friend. That's is we're not talking about no, being their that friend. That is a lie of our culture, man. Yeah. You are you are no. No, you you we're we're not called to be their friend, but we're called to in wisdom share that because what we're doing is when we discipline that way, we're showing them how to discipline their kids. Right. There's this positional leadership as a dad that you have till you're about 15, right. maybe a few yep. years differently, but um you've only got that and that's the I do it cuz I said so. Now there's certain times do it cuz I said so cuz I'm not going to get into the why of this. Like there's certain times when we're when we're in the city and we're like, okay, Take my hand and don't look that other direction. Why? Because I said so. Because it's going to hurt them if they see what what is around that corner, right? Or if they right. see if they see what happens, and we we and we're just be we're being protected. But then there comes a point when when I said so doesn't doesn't cut the mustard, and then they then they walk away, and we begin to be permissional parents of like, do this because I saw my dad do this correctly. Right. So so it's the transition from when we are dads, early on we are the protectors. And we get that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to transition earlier than we want to from being a protector, don't look that way because I told you so, to um, preparing them yeah. for the life that's ahead. And I think that's a transition that, that many of us struggle with because it was never done well for us. The protecting has always been done for us, but the preparing us for life has not been done. You know, yeah. And it's that beautiful scene you know, where dad's working on the car. And the kid's under the car with the wrench that's too big for him, you yeah. know? Um, you're not going to let the kid actually work on the car. But at some point, you have to put a wrench in the kid's hand that actually will fit the bolt under the car and let them do it. Yeah. But you're there watching. You're there helping them. You're preparing them for Correct. what's ahead. And I think that's the hardest thing for us as dads. And I think often when we talk about discipline, we don't, we don't go through the process of saying, how am I preparing my kid for on down the road? Yeah. Um, or we have a short-sighted view of just like, just shut up and listen. Instead of saying, no, 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 I want a kid who's wise. I want a kid who asks questions. I want a kid who understands, not yeah. just a kid who reacts because someone in authority told him to do this. Yeah, I think I because think that's it. It's not just, just like you said, it's not just disciplining in the moment. It's disciplining for, for every moment after that and what comes beyond them and their legacy. Right, and if you're disciplining out of anger, 
you know? And, and that's, I mean, there's one thing that I learned about guys. We spend a lot of energy keeping our anger just under the surface. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. that's a fuse that gets lit so quick. And if you find yourself as one who's disciplining out of anger, realize you got, there's something, there's a glitch somewhere in you that you got to get figured out. Yeah. Because yeah. we are not called to discipline in anger. Because we're disciplining out of our wound that we've right. been given. Because you don't, that's no longer discipline, that's destruction. We are called to train. And training is something where you see in that kid, or you see in that student, or you see in that ball player, something that they themselves don't see. And your job is to invest in them in such a way that they begin to see it. Yeah. You know, it's coaching and less this um, hair director type thing like, you know, you know what yeah, we've been yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, again, and, and you have to, in your own heart hearts, wrestle with this. Do you discipline in reaction and in anger? And if you are, those things got to stop because you're not disciplining at this point. You're destroying. So I wonder how I think the next step is trying to prepare how we correctly discipline. How do, how do we move backwards? And we might have talked a little bit about, about what are some steps that we can take to tangibly be prepared to discipline effectively? Right. Well, and I think the first thing is, like we started off, realize every single kid's different. Yeah. Every single one of your kids is different. Um, if you're a little league coach, you know that because you see some kids respond well, some kids respond horribly to, to whatever it is. So first and foremost, drop the lie that you have to be fair with your kids. Fairness yeah. ended in the Garden of Eden. There is no <laughs> fair. Our job is to be a student of our kids, to understand what the button is, and then help them understand that there's a bigger picture that we're trying to in, infuse in them, you know? Yeah. And then I think the other thing is, what are we modeling for our kids? Yeah. How do we model for them? You know, one of the questions that uh, was asked multiple times was, how do we teach our kids to respect others? Well, I think the first question is, how are you showing them that you respect others? You know, are you a guy that has bought into the lie that chivalry is dead and you don't need to do certain things for the older generation or you shouldn't treat other uh, genders a certain way because of X, Y, and Z? Or are you a guy that still opens the door, whether it's a woman or a man, whether it's old or young, you are a guy that's going to open the door. Guess yeah. what? Your kids are watching. And if yeah. you want to teach them to respect others, do it in the small stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're checking out at Home Depot or when you're checking out at Lowe's, do you go through the self-checkout because it's a little bit quicker? Or do you go through the line because you can actually interact with someone who's different than you and then you use their name because they have a name tag on? Yeah. Those little things are picked up by your kid and they will start to see it. I got a great story. So there's a restaurant here in Allen. It's called Pluckers, little wing joint, whatever. And the uh, family went in there one night, and we had a new uh, waitress. Her name was Hannah. And she brought out, she did something like just a little something unique for us. And I can't even remember what it was. But as she left the table, I was like, hey, let's clap for her. So our family is clapping for our waitress, right? Clapping for our waitress. The manager, like two minutes later, came over and said, why were you clapping? And we're like, oh, she did X, Y, and Z. And it's like, man, if more people clapped for our waitresses, that'd be awesome. Right. That's cool. So we had a great meal, everything else. We go, my wife and I go back in um, like two, three weeks later, and we're just going to get a drink and get some. All of a sudden, from the back corner of the restaurant, we hear our waitress from three weeks ago yell out, my favorite family. And she comes running through the restaurant. Everyone's looking and she sits down with us. That's cool. And starts talking about how, and, and, and that was that moment of like going, man. 
Little things like that. You want to teach your kids to respect others. Man, you be someone who, it doesn't matter if they're the garbage man or they're the president. Yeah. You treat them with respect, and your kids will pick up on that. And so if your kids are not respecting others, maybe that's more of an issue for you not respecting others, and they're just reflecting that to you. That's really good. All right, so so go ahead. I love that story because it makes me think about um, when, you know, like this idea of respect and learning about respect. And for some reason, I keep thinking about the the idea of, um, you know, earlier I talked about permissional parenting. Yeah, what is that, man? And so I heard you use that, and I, like I'm importing my ideas onto that, and I'm a little <laughs> sketchy on it. A little, like, what does that mean? So so define that for okay, me. Okay, cool. So so I, I, I guess I'd see it from this this idea that, you know, in, like, leadership, there's positional leaders, and then the next step would be permissional leaders. And, uh, and positional posi- versus po- positional po- leaders like you're there, I'm your boss, do it because I said so. Gotcha. And you're only doing it because you're paid. You're you're paid to do that. Right. Um, and, and, and the next level is permissional. It's like, hey, I'm going to listen to you because because you, uh, you know, like you've like earned you. You've kind of earned that from me where, right. you know, and, and I know some parents will, will fight me in this idea of having to earn the right. To be the kid's parents, I am their dad. But there was this this movie that I that I saw. It's called uh, it's called Everybody's Fine, and it's got Robert De Niro in it. And uh, and for some reason that comes to mind when I'm thinking about positional parenting, right? Uh, positional and like permissional parenting. And the storyline, really, really quick, is from like 2009. It, it's worth watching, especially if you're you know a 35 to 45 something. It might be great great to watch and check it out and see the, see the dynamic. But basically, like like the mother dies and the the dad, who's Robert De Niro, calls all of his kids and his kids are all like, he's like, hey, I, you guys coming for Thanksgiving or whatever holiday it was? And they're like, nah, I can't make it. This happened. This happened. This happened. So then he ends up taking taking a trip on this train through you know to go and see see his kids right surprise him yeah just like surprise him so he goes to every house and he finds out that whatever their story is isn't completely true like marriages are falling apart or kids are in jail or something is going on and things just aren't good and they've kind of always hid it from from dad because mm. mom was the mediator right and so there's this this dynamic and 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 i'll let you watch the rest of the movie to kind of get a feel for what it is but it was really interesting because i saw a positional dad he was always involved in work. He was always he was always away, and that's their dad. And quite frankly, if it was another old guy in their life, they probably would never have anything to, to do with him. But because it was their dad, positionally, they were they were in, endowed or like you know entitled to him being a part of their life, but only by default, not because they wanted to. Right. And right. so, and again, and it's and, and there's no no drive against dads who have worked hard and tried to do that. I'm just saying this is a great example of respect because then it, for some reason, it makes me go to think of, of Hitler <laughs> as much as that, <laughs> oh, good, good. you know, great transition dads to Hitler. <laughs> but you think about, you think about Hitler and, you it's know, it's not a podcast unless you speak about Hitler, unless That's you it. speak about him. And so this, this idea of, of, I guess I would say, you know, Hitler, Hitler was not respected. He was feared right. and people did right. things because they feared him, not because they respected him. And so we're talking about the idea of respect and, and you can get people to forcibly do something, but you really can't get someone to love you. And then that's the definition of, I guess, for me, the defining line of, of respect. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you're talking about it, what, I, what, I, what I'm picking up on um, is going back to the movie. The kids 
value dad because he had the title dad, not because there was any kind of relationship there. Because there's no relationship there, there's no respect there, and there's no love there. E- exactly. And unfortunately, we can we can unintentionally create that situation and that scenario with our own kids and our own lives. Yeah. And it can become destructive over the long term, over the 20 or 30 years. And so part of what we're talking about with this whole respect conversation is the idea, um, I would say, um, and it's the idea that Jesus talked about and modeled all the time. Yeah. Value other people greater than yourself. Absolutely. You want to talk about the most difficult thing that we have as guys is valuing others over ourselves and figuring out how to show that to others so that they begin to value others greater than themselves. You know, and that's respect. Yeah. You know, why do I use the name uh, of the checkout lady at uh, Kroger? It's because she does a job I couldn't do. And I value the job that she's doing. And so I value her and I respect her by using her name. You know, it's funny. I put down my phone. I'm not on the phone. I put down yep. my phone, and I actually interact with them like they're an actual human being. And in a culture that's more and more divided and more and more separated by technology, we have to do that and forge that and model that more and more in our own lives. Now that, that's a really, really good point because then at that same time as you're standing in that checkout line, your kids are watching you on your phone not engaging Joyce, the bagger, or whatever her name is, and not using her name. And it's funny because uh, I've heard this before that the word that people love hearing the most is their own name. Absolutely. Travis. Oh, thanks, Bill. <laughs> so you, so if you think about that, if someone uses your name, it, it ups the value of that conversation almost almost me. Like, oh, they remembered my name. They remembered yeah. who, who I was. Now, I'm terrible with names. So so when we meet outside of this uh, of, of this podcast, I, be, I try to always find a way to connect with someone and say their name, but I'm the worst with names. But I, for some reason, can remember everybody's backstory. I don't know why, but I can't <laughs> remember the name. Oh, you're the one who fell in the swimming pool when you were 12, dude, with your phone. Honestly, it, as soon as you end this podcast, if you're listening right now, please go look up Brian Regan. He has an amazing two or three different segments you on do. knowing names. You do. And then, uh, hey, buckaroo. My name's not buckaroo. <laughs> Great I, stuff. Good job partner dude <laughs> brian regan if you're not listening to that you've got to he is fan he's funny fantastic his old he's stuff is funny is, makes you cry laughter I like, I like his old stuff too but but i think again respect the the foundation and the heart of respect is the idea that um, we are called to be servants not to be served yeah and, and that is the idea that everyone regardless of color race creed is worthy of being valued being listened to and and just you know, and I'll tell you, man, that the two ways that we can unintentionally do this is um, as dads, uh, l- let's be honest, we can come up with some really good reasons why people on the other political spectrum than us are horrible people. And we in- unintentionally can talk about that a lot or listen to that on our TV shows yeah. or listen to that on our talk radio or whatever. And, um, and, and our kids can pick up on that and begin to think that there's some that are worthy and some that are not. Moms can do this, too, with their daughters, you know, or just with their kids, because moms can kind of have that old eighth grade through high school evaluation of girls and, you know, oh, look at that, you know, cougar or, or, you know, and all of a sudden these very innocent terms, we think, are begin to devalue others and, and minimize just the simple thing we want our kids to do. Respect. Respect. Yeah. So I, I think I think even answer answering the question, oh, how do I learn to respect others? And you just said that you you listen, you love, you serve people, uh, you treat them 
you treat them the way that you'd want to be treated in, the, in its simplistic form. And you do that through the love of Christ because, quite honestly, we can't do this without the power of Jesus. You really can't learn to respect someone without the power of Jesus. Absolutely. Because we're all selfish in nature. So I want to be on my phone. I want to get through the line. I want to make it through the next red light. And I don't really care about the person in front of me who's struggling with something. Or maybe just found out that they that they can't, can't be pregnant or, or, or their girlfriend broke up with them or whatever the, the thousand stories that are there. And I'm honking my horn right. because they're sitting through three seconds of a green because light. Because my time is more important and my issue and my errand is the most important thing ever. Like there's a, there's a stop sign as I drive my son to school. And every day I almost lose it at this stop sign because no one understands the concept of, because there's like three lanes with each stop area. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Two of them go, and then one stops there. And oh. then they look at you, and I, like, want to lose it. Like, I'm just like, move! Like, just, you, move! Get out of the way! And, you, and my son's, like, looking at me, and I'm like, and I'll, about 78% of the time do I fail. So I turn to Gabe, and I'm like, I'm sorry, that wasn't right. I'm like, I'm still learning, buddy. Yeah. And so, so it, but, it, but, but it's the idea of, like, constantly trying to right. say, there's a lot of ways and opportunities for us to learn to to challenge ourselves to respect more. Right. Does that make sense? Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that made Jesus so beautiful and so desirable to the people that he actually walked with when he was here on earth was the fact that he looked at those that culture had devalued, culture had um, put marginalized, and and the church particularly at that time, or the synagogue or the, the Jewish rabbis and, 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 and everyone else, had, had, had put into a box of like, they're not worthy, Right. Yeah, not worthy. Um, What do you see Jesus doing over and over again? He valued them, and he valued them in a tangible way because what did he do? I want to have dinner with you. Mm. I want to have a beer with you. I want to have, you know. Do life with you. I want to do life with you. Bring you you into into my life. Absolutely. And, And the fact that he was willing to look at them, to listen to them, to listen to their story, and then be bold enough to say, man, kingdom of God is at hand. Do you want to hear about it? kingdom of God, it's at hand. I got something great to tell you, you know? And I, I'm, Jesus just revolutionized this whole separation that was in our in our culture and still in our culture today. And he said, no, 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 no. black, white, prostitute, doesn't matter. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love that he put it on the, put us on the same playing field. So that, in a nutshell, is what respect looks like. He, he loved, he listened to people. He added value to them by, by literally looking at them and showing them that they had, they had something to offer this world that was bigger than, than where they were in their present situation. And he always saw who they could become. And maybe that's right. our respect is for us to go, man, even, even at our point of at, at, at when we're at work, when we're, when we're at the store, seeing people as not who they are, but who they can become. And that's what respect looks like. Right. Moving through that. And so then, then the question was, so if we learn, how do we learn to respect up or, you know, others? And then how do we help our kids? And it's just being that example. Right. You know, I used this earlier. It's like, you know, when my son was like four years old and he got up next to me and wanted to learn how to shave. Like, I didn't say, come hither and watch me shave. He just got up next to me. And then, you remember that time when your kid uses a word that you use that you wish you didn't use? Never got, happens in my house. And you got mad at him? <laughs> <laughs> They're listening already. <laughs> They're already listening. So it's Always for us to be, to, be, to be aware that... They're, they're listening. So, so by osmosis or by, by example, they're going to learn how to respect. Right. So if you're like, my kids don't know how to respect, turn the finger back to yourself and go, where am I not respecting? 
and challenge right. yourself to make that make right. that decision and make make that shift in your life. And am I basing my my values and my attitudes about others on cultural things or by legacy things, or am I am I basing it on Christ? And, and his eyes and his views, because he sees people and he sees this world extremely different. Yeah. You know, um, and he has called us and he continues to prune us and transform us to see the world, not as the world sees itself and sees others, but to see it as he sees it. You know, yeah. that masterpiece. Yeah. I'm not it, not just that I'm a masterpiece, but the guy next to you is a masterpiece. You know, a bum on the street that you've convinced is is there for because they don't know how to work or whatever else backstory that you've placed on them, they are a masterpiece in God's eyes. Yes. And they are worthy to be served and loved and cared for, just like the CEO of Apple, just like um just like anyone. So so, so it allows us to have an opportunity to learn how to respect. Because God won't just give us this power to just respect people. He'll give us opportunities to respect. Oh, so yeah. this and you week, better be you better be on the lookout because it's going to come. Exactly. So so this week I would say the challenge is look at who you can respect more. Look at who you uh, how, examples of how you can show respect to people because your kids will be watching right. and they will see it and that's how they make the change to learn how to respect kids as well. One final thing that just came to mind with the respect idea. We love to be critical. I'm I'm thinking baseball. I, I love baseball. I love Little League baseball. I want to strangle some parents at Little League baseball because all they are <laughs> are critical of the coaches or they're critical of the umpires or they're critical of their kid. Come on, can't you catch that? You think the kid doesn't know that they... So rather than being critical, maybe this is a gut check for us this weekend when we're at the sporting activities or whatever, you are going to have multiple moments where you want to be critical of someone for some decision or some failure that they had. Instead of being critical, be encouraging. Mm. instead of being critical of the coach, why don't you go up to the coach and say, dude, I know how much time you put into this, and I know it was a hard game. For free. Thank you. Yeah. Instead of being critical of the ump because he has a big, that you're convinced he woke up in the morning and had it in for your kid or that team because, by God, that's what's going to occupy his life and value, which is not true. Instead of being critical of that ump, why don't you go up to him and say, dude, I know you're getting paid like 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour (laughs) to coach five-year-olds in t-ball or or to 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 ump thank you yeah i I can't imagine what it'd be like to stand out in the blazing sun for five hours and do this see the bigger picture right respect is seeing the bigger picture stop being critical start to be encouraging and that will foster an attitude of respect we're thankful for you guys Have, have yourselves a great week we'll see you next time see ya thanks for listening to by dads for dads on the known legacy podcast Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.